today's episode of Made Up Words, our word today is wire. 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 Matthew 27, 45 through 46 is where we're going to start. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud vo- cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever gone through a difficulty in your life? You ever gone through something painful? You ever gone through something that you would have never dreamed you'd go through? Have you ever had things happen in life that you were absolutely caught off guard? Not only were you caught off guard, but you were overwhelmed. Not only were you overwhelmed, but you were hurting. Not only were you hurting, but you asked that age-old question that all of us at some point in our lives have asked and probably may ask again. Why? Why? Did this happen? God, if you love me, why did you let this happen? God, if you care for me, then why did you let this happen? God, if you are good, why did this happen? Why? If you've ever been in that position where you've asked that question, why, you know that there is a silence in the why sometimes we don't understand why immediately sometimes years later we still ask why but we know we trust even when we can't see even when we don't understand even when it doesn't make any sense to our natural mind as believers we we, we rely on, we rest on, we stand on, we, we stake our claim on the fact that God knows what he's doing, but yet we still wonder why. You've, you've heard the old song that says, we'll understand it better by and by. What about here and now? God, why are you letting this happen? Why are you standing, standing still while I'm calling out to you to fix this mess? Why are you leaving me here on my own? Why are you permitting this to take place? Why? Why are you silent when I'm crying out to you? Lord, I've asked you. I've, I've asked you in Jesus' name to take this away. I've asked you. To not let this happen. I've asked you to help this make sense to me. Why are you silent? Do you understand that there were many things that Jesus said and did when he was here on the earth that are recorded in the Gospels that were said and done for our benefit? Like, do you remember when Jesus calls out to the Father and prays when he's going to raise Lazarus? And he says, I don't say this to you because 
I don't know and understand this, but rather I'm saying this out loud for their benefit. In other words, for everyone that's standing here today, I am saying this on their behalf. Do you remember when Jesus would say to his disciples, Why were you not able to cast out that devil? Well, he knew the answer. But he wanted them to think about what was going on. There's an incidence of this right here in our verses where we started off with this morning. And obviously, we know what's going on here, right? Jesus is being crucified. He's on the cross at this moment. From the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. This is from noon till about three. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. And, and, and he, he says in, in Aramaic, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When Jesus says this, when he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It is not as if Jesus doesn't know what's going on. He knows what's happening. But for our benefit, he says aloud, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And many around began to wonder what it was that Jesus said. Have you ever wondered why they didn't understand what Jesus said? Some said he's calling out for Elias. Some say he's doing this, he's doing that. Why was it they couldn't understand what he was saying? I don't want to be too graphic, but I think that sometimes we gloss over the crucifixion. Before he ever made it to the cross, his body was gashed, was well whipped and gashed open. His face had been pummeled and he had been beaten mercilessly by soldiers who were mocking him and saying, if you are the Son of God, then tell us who it is that's hitting you while we have a, row, I mean, a, a hood over your face, taking metal rods and beating him. This is before, before he's beaten with the, 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 the whip or the cat of nine tails. So before he ever even makes it to the whipping, He's already broken and bruised. Then after his body is... I mean, I can't even say it. He still maintains his life. Carries his cross part of the way. Then he is crucified, nailed to the cross, and hoisted up into the air. He's gasping for breath. In order to take a breath, he has to pull himself up by the spikes that are through his hands, his wrist, to be able to get a breath. And every time he exhales, all of his weight is on his hands and his feet. His face is not, he, he doesn't just have a bruise above his eye and a little notch on his lip. He is unrecognizable. 
So between the bruising and the deformation of his face and the fact that he is pulling himself up by his wounded wrists to take a breath and then trying to exhale, holding himself up, he is absolutely exhausted. He is unable to catch his breath. His face is swollen to the point of being unrecognizable as a human being, and he still utters these words. The reason they could not understand what he said is because it was a garbled mess, but he knew exactly what he was saying, and it was recorded for our benefit. He says the words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, Jesus felt... What you and I never would. At no point will you ever be forsaken because you are a child of God. But in order for you and I to not ever feel forsaken, then the child of God, the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, had to feel, had to suffer, had to endure what you and I never could. And there on the cross, enduring what none of us ever could, he felt what none of us ever would when he felt the distance from the Father because of the sin of all humanity. There on that day, he said, why? God, why? Why are you forsaking me? He knew why. He knew why he was forsaken. He knew why he felt what he felt. Because before the foundations of the world were ever laid, the plan was already in place for him to come and suffer and die so that you and I would not have to. Before the foundations of the, before he ever spoke the first word in creation, salvation was already on the table. And there, that day 2,000 years ago, a bloody mound of human flesh. He cries out to God because he feels what you never will. In our lowest moments in life, and I've had some low moments, I've felt some dark times, I've been through some valleys, I know what it's like for people to turn their backs on me and give up on me and think that, well, he's just too far gone or there's no hope for him. I would have never done that. Oh, I can't believe. I know how that feels. I know how it feels to have the judgmental eyes staring you down. I know how it feels to feel all alone. And I know how it feels to feel all alone and wonder, why are you letting this happen? I've never known what it feels like to be forsaken. I may have been forsaken by men, but I've never been forsaken by God. As dark as times have been in my life, I've never known the darkness that Jesus felt here this day. Now, the Bible says that Jesus was willing to endure everything he had to endure because he knew the glory that would come from it. Meaning, Jesus knew that the suffering that he would endure here this day 
would make it possible for him to be able to welcome all of us into the family as brothers and sisters. Right? He understood that the suffering that he would endure would lead to the great joy of your and my salvation. Not just the joy that we feel, but you understand the joy that he feels. The angels rejoice whenever someone comes to know the Lord. What happens in those moments when everything is quiet? The angels were rejoicing at my salvation, but they're awful quiet now that I'm going through something. Lord, I heard you loud and clear when you shared your love and your mercy and your grace with me, but it's awful cold on this side. Lord, I know what it felt like when, when I was on fire for you and things were going great. Oh, man. Woo, it's lonely over here. God, why are you letting this happen? Wish I could tell you that there was an answer, that there was a quick fix, or there was a way to just say, well, say these magic words and all that loneliness will go away. Say these magic words and all the pain will disappear. Say these magic words and you'll no longer feel the heartache and the rage and the anger and the frustration and the sorrow and the depression, the disappointment. I wish I could tell you that, but I can't. What I can tell you is no matter how dark it is in your life, you'll never know what it's like to be forsaken by God. Because even when it seems like there's no hope and there's no way out, God is able to make a way where there seemeth to be none. How do you think Joseph felt at the bottom of that pit? How do you think David felt hiding out in the woods how do you think Moses felt <laughs> when there was an angry Red Sea in front of him and an angry congregation behind him and a fierce and violent empire behind them? How do you think an old man named Abraham felt when he still hadn't gotten the promise? We can go on and on and on. And if we went around this room this morning, you all can tell stories of times when there seemed like there would be no way, when it seemed like everything had come to an end. But there in that seeming death, God brought about life. I want to read something to you this morning. Uh, I think my wife maybe shared this, or someone, someone shared this on Facebook a few, several weeks ago, and I've, I've been holding on to it. This woman, uh, what is her name? Kimberly Henderson wrote this. Said, I would have pulled Joseph out, out of that pit, out of that prison, out of that pain, and I would have cheated nations out of the one God would use to deliver them from famine. I would have pulled David out, out of Saul's spear-throwing presence, out of the caves he hid away in, out of the pain of rejection, and I would have cheated Israel out of a God-hearted king. I would have pulled Esther out, out of being snatched from her only family, 
out of being placed in a position she never asked for, out of the path of a vicious, power-hungry foe, and I would have cheated people out of the woman God would use to save their very lives. I would have pulled Jesus off, off of the cross, off of the road that led to suffering and pain, off of the path that would mean nakedness and beatings, nails and thorns. And I would have cheated the entire world out of a Savior, out of salvation, out of an eternity filled with no more suffering and no more pain. And oh, friend, I want to pull you out. I want to change your path. I want to stop your pain. Right now, I know I would be wrong. I would, I would be out of line. I would be cheating you and cheating the world out of so much good because God knows. He knows the good this pain will produce. He knows the beauty this hardship will grow. He's watching over you and keeping you even in the midst of this. He's promising you that you can trust Him even when it all feels like more than you can bear. So instead of trying to pull you out, I'm lifting you up. I'm kneeling before the Father and I'm asking Him to give you strength, to give you hope. I'm asking Him to protect you and to move you when the time is right. I'm asking Him to help you stay prayerful and discerning. I'm asking Him how I can best love you and be a help to you. I'm believing He's going to use your life in powerful and beautiful ways. Ways that will leave your heart grateful and humbly thankful for this road you've been on. There can be no fruit if there is no tree. And there can be no tree if there is no seed. And unless a seed is planted and that seed dies, there cannot be life. As painful and as difficult as life gets, we will go through periods of life where there is dying that takes place inside of us. As believers, we mature and we grow and we die to ourselves daily, Paul says. There are things that we once did that we no longer do. There were things that we once said that we no longer say. Things we once believed that we no longer believe. There have been periods in our life when we were so convinced of something that we now look back on and think, man, I was such a dummy. When we think we know, when we think we've got it all worked out and everything's going to go the way we want it to, it's often in those times we find ourselves saying, God, why are you letting this happen? I will not sugarcoat, won't gloss over. Sometimes you're going to go through some bad stuff. Sometimes you're going to feel some awful pain. And if you think that I don't want to pull you out of that, you're nuts. But I know. I know that had I not gone through all that I've gone through, I would not be able to stand here with the understanding and the compassion that I have. I know that if I have not, had not gone through what all I have gone through, I would not be able to feel what I say and say what I feel. I wouldn't be able to stand here and tell you that when it all seems lost, he's able to make a way because I know he's made a way for me in my life. 
There is no greater weapon that you as a believer have than experience. And there will never, ever, ever be a time that you go through anything that you will ever be forsaken. As awful as it is, you're not forsaken. As bad as it was, you are not forsaken. As terrible as the pain is, you are not alone. He is with you. He will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. And if God be for us, then who can be against us? I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care the pain that you've endured. I don't care if you've gone through bankruptcy, divorce, whatever it may be. I don't care that you've been through adultery. I don't care that you were a fornicator. I don't care what you were. I don't care what you are. I care whether or not you belong to him. Because if you belong to him, he is able to do what none of us in this room can do. I can't change you. And you can't change you. And the only way for us to be able to experience change is to go through the fire. And in order to go through the fire, we're going to have to feel the flames. But the purpose of the fire is not to burn us. It's to burn off everything that is attached to us that doesn't belong. Is there anyone in this room this morning that deals with bitterness, unforgiveness, Confession's good for the soul. Let them confess. Is there anyone this morning that's angry at God because of what happened? Or you're frustrated because you don't, you don't know why it had to be this way? Like why did it have to be like this, though? Well, here's, here's some good news. God gave us one another as a church body to love each other, to support one another, and to do so unconditionally. If you've ever experienced the work of God in your life, then you know that you did not ace the test. You might have failed all along the way, but that failure was revelation to you of the weakness that he was overcoming. This morning, if you are hurting and you're asking God, why are you letting this happen? Why did this have to happen? Listen to what I'm going to say. This is not my words. This is the words of Scripture. Look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, they're subject to change at any moment. But the things that are unseen, they're eternal. And what you're going through right now is a temporary situation that is going to produce eternal results. What you are currently feeling is only for a moment. But the glory that you shall experience is for eternity. And while you find yourself currently in this place where it feels like God is silent. Any of you parents in this room? Parents? Have you ever had to correct your children? Have you ever looked at your daughters, Todd, and said, I told you. 
I won't say it again. I'm not talking about being mean. I'm going to beat your head in. That's not what I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not going to repeat myself over and over again. But at any moment, in you correcting your daughters, have you ever forsaken them? When they were going through that period of change that you were producing in them that they didn't like, you girls ever liked what your dad does? Yes, I love it when my father tells me I'm wrong. I love it. Because you're convinced you're right and then they tell you you're wrong. Has it ever gotten quiet? You ever looked at your kids, Joy, Charlie, you ever looked at them and said, clean up that mess. And they didn't and you said, clean up that mess. And then it got real quiet. Real quiet. You know why it got real quiet? Oh, because it's going to change. Things are going to change. You're going to learn today, right? You're going to learn. Sometimes when it's really quiet, it's because God says, it's got to be this way. And you're going to have to change. And that's a painful process for people who don't want to hear it. When you've gone through your most difficult times in life, is that not the refining fire, the forge that has produced the character and the fortitude and built up your faith? Yes, it is. Now, here's the kicker. Look around this room this morning. Look around at all these folks. These are your brothers and sisters. I hope that none of you will ever go through anything alone. While I may not be able to speak to whatever it is you're going through, I hope that you always know I am here and that I'm always on your side and in your corner. And I would hope that everyone in this room would feel the same way about everybody. That you would never have to feel like, you know you're not, you may have to go through it alone, but you've got a whole family of people that are pulling for you and rooting for you and cheering you on. And even when you have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, You're not afraid because you know that he is with you. I may not be able to go with you, but where I can't go, where your brothers and sisters can't go with you, he goes with you. At no point will you ever be abandoned, and at no point will any pain you've ever endured not serve a purpose. Everything you go through, will produce glory. You might have ever lost someone close to you. When you talk to people who have lost someone close to them, there's something that takes place in that moment that no one else could do. Anybody here gone through divorce? You know the pains of divorce. And you can speak to someone about that pain. Don't ever think that God has forsaken you. Not even you can separate him from you. At your lowest, he's there. And you know what he's going to do? 
to lift you up. Joseph got out of the pit. David didn't stay in the cave. And I'm pretty sure Moses made it across the Red Sea, and he did so on dry ground. So will you. So will you. Just trust him. Just trust him.